Stand with me. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John 4, verse 18. This is our key verse, and we'll always be taking a truth from this verse throughout the next few weeks as we study. Right now, I'm kind of doing more topical these first few weeks, meaning we'll be in more Scripture throughout the Bible. And then we're going to be taking a turn to look at a few people in the Bible. It'll be more biographical, who allowed fear to conquer them, and some of them who were able to conquer fear itself. So we're going we're gonna to look at these various people and how they dealt with it on the negative and a positive side. But until then, this is our jump, jumping off point. It says here in verse 18 of 1 John chapter 4, there is no fear in love. Now, answer this for me. The Bible says that in these last days, God has spoken to us through whom? His Son, Jesus Christ, right? And the Bible teaches us that Jesus is love, correct? So when the Bible says there is no fear in love, it's literally saying there is no fear in Jesus Christ. But perfect love, and Jesus is the epitome of perfect love. Jesus is the example. He is perfect love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment or torment. And that's where Satan comes in. He wants to torment you in your heart, in your mind, and in your spirit. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you we have the antidote to the absolute insanity of fear that's running rampant in our society. And will always be thrown at us politicians are good at throwing fear our way seeking to gain power over us others operate their whole lives based on fear but you jesus have come that we might have life and have it more abundantly you have given us love and that love cast out all fear we don't have to be afraid of what we don't understand because we know that in jesus christ all of our questions are answered and we know according to your word to live is christ and to die is gain so what are we afraid of so help me father as a pastor to declare these truths but also as a fellow christian to live them out when my fears try to get the best of me and i prayed in jesus name amen and you may be seated thank you rachel for this wonderful water Mm -mm -mm -mm. oh my gosh perfect all righty conquering fear so let's look at last week real quick last week we said this here are some facts some fear conquering facts we said that fear not the phrase fear not is mentioned 365 times in the bible 365 times in the Bible, and I say that again to remind those of you who weren't here Sunday, 365 times. Uh, How many days are there in a year? 365 days. Could it be that God put it in there, fear not, fear not, 365 times for every day of the year to remind us that we don't have to live in fear? Secondly, we said that fear creates chaos in our lives and it does especially if we allow our lives to be controlled by our fears and then thirdly we said that fear keeps us from the blessings 
of true abundant living. And then we laid out the foundation for conquering fear. Last week we laid it out. Here's the foundation for conquering fear. And again, for those of you who weren't here last week, I really want you to write this down if you can do it real quick. If not, see me after and I'll make sure you get these. But here's the foundation, all right? The foundation is this. Here's, here's how we defeat fear. We defeat it by the love of Christ. We conquer it that way. We conquer it by the presence of Christ. The Word of God says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We conquer it by the peace of Christ. The peace, the Bible says, the peace of Christ will guard our hearts in Philippians um, through Christ Jesus our Lord, the peace of Christ. And then we said the courage of Christ. And we talked about the kind of courage that Joshua had to have in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 1. And three times where God commands them to be courageous and don't be fearful and to trust in Him. And so we laid that out that if you and I are going to be able to conquer fear in our lives, we have to rely on the love of Christ. We read it here in 1 John that the love of Christ is the foundation for conquering fear. The presence of Christ in our lives, that He's with us. And even when we're, we seem to be alone and we're lonely, and, and maybe, you know, I, 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 I mean, I really have a compassionate heart for those of you who've been married a long time and your spouse dies or you, you go through a very difficult situation or, or you find yourself in a, in a split up situation and you feel lonely at times, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is always there for you and His presence is there. Not only that, but His peace. To know that, that in the midst of circumstances that you may not fully grasp or understand, in the midst of a circumstance that might be uh, so hurtful to you, the loss of a loved one, the untimely death of someone in your life, um, the loss of a job, that in the midst of that storm, the peace of Christ will calm it all. And that's the foundation to overcoming fear. And then we said it takes courage. It takes courage when you're scared, when fear has gripped you. It takes courage. I, and, and I'll say this. I can remember in 04 when our church was having some problems. There were, there were some Sundays. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. I was just plumb afraid to come to church. I really was. Uh, I was afraid of what people were saying. I was afraid of what people were thinking. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to handle the situation. There was a lot of fear from time to time that was battling me and, and, and fighting against me. And it required courage that I had to find in Jesus Christ to get up on Sundays and to come and just preach knowing that there were people. I, I know that there were two to three people in particular that were waiting for me to say something wrong, waiting for me to, to, to not say it just the right way to try to impugn my theological teaching of that day. And I had to deal with that on a regular basis. And so, so you know, I, I just remember those times and how I found courage to overcome the fear that was trying to beset me. So that's what we dealt with last week. I want to give you three things for this week. And I've titled the message today, not just conquering fear, but when I'm afraid. That's the title of the message. When I'm, when I'm afraid, what should I do? The first thing is this. When I'm afraid, I must put my trust in Christ. When I'm afraid. Notice the 
suggestion that I'm making here is that we will encounter times when we are fearful. The idea that we as Christians will never be fearful is contrary to Scripture. One of the bravest men in all of the Bible is King David. And King David writes here in Psalm 58, verses 1 through 4. Look at what the Bible says. I'm sorry, Psalm 56, verses 1 through 4. Uh, yeah, this is the right passage. So, as he says here, look at, look at the last part of the verse. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long and attacker oppresses me. Next verse. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. So see what David is going through. And then he says here, he goes, look, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And I'll stop right there. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. What David was saying was, he was not saying, look, I'm, I'm going through all this. I got people oppressing me. I got situations that are difficult for me. And he's not saying that I will never be afraid, but he goes, I acknowledge the fact that I'm going to get scared. I'm a human being. So when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Now the next verse. In God. Here's who he puts his trust. I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? I must put my trust in Christ. The key word there. Obviously, it's Christ, but I wanted you to see the part that we must do. Trust. The key word is trust. I must put my trust in Christ. In other words, fear is the kryptonite of faith. Fear will cancel our faith. Our fear is so powerful in such a way that it won't get rid of our faith, but what it will do is, is that it will cause us to not rely on our faith and we'll begin to operate and make decisions based on our fear. And that's usually why we get into personal conflict with a lot of people. We argue with our spouse because we're afraid. That's usually why people turn to substance abuse because, because they can't handle what they're dealing with and, and they're afraid. That's usually what happens. But the antidote to that is trust in Christ. That ultimately I'm going to put my trust in you even when I can't understand. I, my fear is going to push me to something destructive. But the Christian who's founded on the Word of God, who wants to find his or her answers in God, in the Bible, in a relationship with Christ, they're going to come to a place where they're saying, look, I am going to put my complete trust in Christ. If I could do it for my eternal soul, for my eternity, if I can trust my eternity to Him, surely I can trust my temporary situation to Him. You notice? Isaiah 41.10, the Bible says. We looked at this verse last week, but it's too good not to share again. Fear not. You're one of those fear nots. For I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be troubled. Don't freak out. For I am your God. I will 
strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to strengthen you. I will help you. I tell you, folks, sometimes when we're going through problems, God has offered His help, and we choose not to accept it. We choose to say, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. My way. Look, i got a perfect illustration for this that happened, okay, to me this week. Now, I like working with wood, okay? Because with wood, you can, you, can, you can cut it, you can sand it, you can fashion it, you can unnail it, you can take it apart, you can burn it, you can start all over. I can do mechanic work, just, I just hate it. Because if there's something that will go wrong and I won't have a tool to fix it, it will happen to moi. If there's a nut that cannot be stripped, I will find a way to strip it. Because you better not strip that one, because if you do, you need a $586.96 tool that they only sell in China to get it out. So don't mess that one up, and I will mess it up some kind of way. Don't drop the nut or the bolt, and poof, I will drop it in a spot that Later on down the road, you hear something clicking in your engine. Tick, 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 tick. Yep, that's the one I dropped. But I had to change the rear axles on my four-wheeler this week. I watched a YouTube video. Now I'm an expert. Yeah, baby. Man, the dude that did it, isn't it something you watch these YouTube videos and those guys do it perfect? What you don't see is you don't see the editing. You don't see the tools that go flying when they get mad. You don't see any of that. You see the perfect thing. And, oh, this is a simple job. You don't know, do this, do that, take this one, do that. Now, when you get to the axle and you come to pull it out of the differential, here's what you got to do. Just give it three good pulls. One, two, three, pow, and pops out just like that. So my son-in-law was there helping me. I said, Kenny, here's what the video says. He goes, okay. He comes and he goes, one, boom, and he falls down, and he pulls the whole knuckle out and ball bearings and grease and everything flies. And I got this cup stuck into the differential, like in a gear, and ain't no way to get it out. No way. How am I going to do this? I called around to some experts, and, and they gave me different, and I tried everything, and it didn't work. So I texted my mechanical genius, DJ Duke. You already know, he not only can he cook, but the man is an engineer. And DJ made this tool, unbelievable tool, and, and you know, he basically told me, he said, man, you, you tell, you, you give a redneck a welder, and a, um, and a channel lock plier, set of channel lock pliers, he can fix anything. And he welded something to a channel lock plier, connected it to that cup that was stuck in the thing there. And, oh, and by the way, the other side, we did the exact same thing to it. So I was like doubly messed up. Pop! He popped it right out. Boom, boom. It took him longer to get out of the truck than to fix the problem. 
Now, we run into problems sometimes in life, and we don't have a fix for it. I tore my knuckles up. I did all kinds of things. Rather than call for help, I spent five hours one night till past midnight thinking that, oh, my word, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to finally get this fixed. When all I had to do was call the right person, and the right person was there. And I called him, and he said, I got a tool for it. I'll be there at 3.30. Don't worry. Well, guess what? That's how we operate in life. God is there to help us. And he wants to help us through our difficulty. He wants to help us through our fear. But instead, what we do is we say, I'm going to fix it myself. We tear up our knuckles. We mess up tools. We waste time. Then we take it out on our spouse and our kids and the dog. Instead of putting our trust where it needs to be. You follow what I'm getting at? Is that fear will cause us to trust ourselves rather than Christ. Let me give you one other passage. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Is safe. Listen, you can't be safer than being in the will of God. How many of you remember the movie Smokey and the Bandit? Remember Buford T. Justice. Now, we got to be careful because there, there are some bad words in that, in that movie. But, but um, you remember Burt Reynolds, the bandit, he was in the Trans Am, and the cops were chasing him. And he gets in between two 18-wheelers, and he tells Sally Field, I don't know what her name was on the show, but anyway, on the movie, but he tells her, he goes, uh, we're in the rocking chair, honey, in between two 18-wheelers. And then, the, and then the cops coming, and the other 18-wheeler gets in the, in the left lane and pushes that cop off onto the, into the median. And he goes, you're safer here than in your mother's womb. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Try that in real life and see where that gets you. You're in the rocking chair. You're safe. How much more safe are you when you trust Christ? And I'll say it, and I'll say it till, I, till the day that I die. There's not a lot in life that I am afraid of, but there is one thing I really am afraid of, and that's this. Getting out of the will of God. Because if I'm in the will of God and I'm in the middle of a storm, I'm in the safest place that I can be. So that's number one. Number two, when I'm afraid, I must seek the Lord. Okay? Trusting Him is obviously the ultimate, but I've got to be willing to seek Him also. I've got I've to look to turn to Him. I can't seek the other stuff. The negative things. I've got to go to the source and... To, to the healing power. So look at what Psalm 34, 4 says. I must seek the Lord. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. I looked for Him. I sought for Him. And He answered me. He answered me. And notice what He did. And He delivered me 
from all my fears. I sought the Lord. He answered me. And He delivered me from all my fears. Who doesn't want that? But you see, Satan, who is a liar and who creates fear in us, causes us to seek other things rather than seek him. He says, oh, no, no, you, you look to that man. That man's going to solve all your problems. You look to this woman. She's going to solve all your problems. She's going to take away all your fear. You look to this job. If you have this right job and you're paid the right amount of money, you won't have to fear anymore. No, 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 that's not the answer. The answer is seeking God, because if you have Him, it doesn't matter what's happening in your relationship. God will meet your need, and He'll take away your fear. I must seek the Lord. Look at what Deuteronomy 4, I'm sorry, Matthew, Matthew 6.33 says. Look at what Matthew 6.33 says. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Most of the times, people do it backwards. They do everything they can, then they pray. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't buy a new car, and then when you can't, you can't afford the payment, start asking God to help you. You need to seek Him. God, what is your will? Is this what you want for us? Not only can we afford it, but is this right for us? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Seek Him. What does He want? first Deuteronomy 4:29 But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all of your heart and with all of your soul Now God's not playing a game of where's Waldo with us and hiding from us but what God is saying is that he wants you to seek after him he wants you to want him it's got to matter to you he's not just some genie in a bottle that you tap to, to to get some kind of magical thing he's not some cosmic bellhop up in the sky that you ring just when you need him he doesn't want you to want him for that he wants you to want him for who he is and you got to seek him with everything that you have you got to be willing to do it his way and I'm telling you what, y'all, when we do that, God will take our fears. He'll, he'll, he'll dismantle them. We've we got to be willing to seek Him. You have to want it. You have to seek Him. You can't just say, well, I'm going to call my pastor. And listen, I don't mind you calling me sometimes, but, you know, hey, check Google first. Sometimes Google has the answer. It'll tell you where the Scripture's at on that. There's a, there's a w- website title what does the bible say about go look it up look it up right now i mean well no listen to the sermon but write it down what what does the bible say about and then it gives you a through z and under like go look it up under fear go look up f and you'll see all the words that are associated with the letter f and fear is one of them and it'll give you all the scriptures on fear I must seek the Lord. you got to do a little bit of searching and seeking. Yeah. Can I give you a little bit of advice in marriage? Fellas, listen. Yeah, you married her. You chased her. You caught her. Bagged her. Took her home. 
But that's not the end. She is a beautifully woven creation of God. And God wants you to search and to seek who she is. You got to win her. You've got to love her. You've got to keep going on. That's how a marriage and people can stay together for, for a lifetime because, because you're constantly seeking after the one that you're in love with. Well, in the same way, we seek after God and follow Him. Let me give you the third thing. When I'm afraid, number three, I must be confident in the Lord. At some point, you've got to put shoe leather to the problem. At some point, you've got to get off your knees and start living. And that's where confidence comes in. Look at this passage in Hebrews chapter 13, okay? I want you to see this in Hebrews 13. And the writer of Hebrews is writing, and he says here, Keep your life free from the love of money. He's talking about several things here to do. And he says, Be content with what you have. A lot of people get fearful when they try to live above their means for he has said i will never leave you nor forsake you okay so we can confidently say there it is confidently say the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me look at it so we can confidently say the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me? Now I want you to see this um, in Hebrews here. The word confidence literally means this. It means boldness, courage. Now check this one out. Full of hope. Full of hope. To be of good cheer. You see, what we're living in today, this pandemic, has tried to take our hope away. It's tried to take our happiness away. It's tried to take our, 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 uh, our, our good cheer away. The things that, that we enjoy about life and, you know, our, our dreams away. And what's happened is our confidence even as Christians has been shaken to some extent, not in God, but perhaps in our circumstances. And so what I'm saying today is this, and what the Scripture is saying I truly believe is this. When I'm afraid, and I trust in the Lord, and I seek Him, I can be confident that wherever I put my foot, God will be with me. Wherever He leads me, He will be there. No matter what I go through, I don't have to fear. And I can confidently say that I know that my God is with me. He gives me hope. It helps me to experience life and what God has for me, no matter what the circumstances are. I can be confident in the Lord. Here's a passage of Scripture, and it's taken out of the 23rd Psalm, which we all know well. Isn't it nice to read Scripture sometimes other than at funerals? I like reading a Scripture or two that, that you know, shouldn't be just reserved for one setting or another. But it says here in 
the 23rd Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Notice again why. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, the shepherd's rod and staff, they comfort me. I can be confident in the Lord even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't have to fear any evil. I remember when Penny and I were at uh, Tuling Medical Center a few years ago in New Orleans. Penny's father was admitted there. He was having some internal issues and some problems and we traveled over there and we finally got the diagnosis and it was a very terrible diagnosis it was the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and it was not good and the treatment chemotherapy and all of that in his situation might give him a few more months and initially he decided not to do it but then he as he started to get sick he decided he he wanted to do it and he did it and that's his choice anybody going through that has the right to make their own decisions on that and uh but i'll never forget we're standing out on this open veranda uh where you come in tooling medical center when you get to the main floor you're actually on the second floor and so there's this open veranda here overlooking one of the downtown streets in new orleans and um, it was winter time, sunny day, air was crisp. I was holding my wife's hand and we walked out there to catch some fresh air. And I didn't say anything to her and I just held her and we just embraced for a little bit. And in situations like that, Penny's the quiet one. I'm the one that talks a lot. Imagine that. But in that situation, I knew I needed to be quiet. You know, words weren't, the, weren't what was going to, what was needed there. And she spoke. And she looked at me and she said, you know, Corey, this is not fun and this is awful. However, My dad's 74 years old. And whatever age Penny was at the time, I've had all these years, 40-something years, to experience my dad. She said, not everybody gets that. She goes, I didn't get that with my mom. You know, Penny's mom died when Penny was in her early 20s. And she said, so this is the approach I'm taking. Oh, yeah, it hurts, but... I'm grateful and thankful for what I have and what I have had. And one thing is for sure, I am not going to be scared and I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to trust in the Lord and I'm going to be thankful and grateful for the time that we have left. That's what she said to me. My thought was, let's throw a few chairs off the balcony first, you know, get our, get our frustrations out. But that's not the way she deals. 
I will never forget that moment as long as I live because I saw firsthand and experienced it. And in a way, that peace that she had began to transfer to me because now I was fearful for my wife and fearful for what she was going to go through. be honest with you, I wasn't fearful for Penny's dad. The Bible says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And he and I had had a talk, and he told me, he says, I'm good with the Lord. I know where I stand with Christ, and I've given my life to him, and you don't worry about me. And I said, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that you did it right, and, you, and he said he had. So what I'm saying to you guys is that when we walk through the valley of shadow of death, th- we're not talking about just, I'm not trying to give you uh, theoretical things that you read in a book. I'm giving you real life situations where God will literally take your fear away and supplant it with His peace and it will guard your heart and it'll help you live right. It'll help you make the right decisions. It'll give you hope beyond today, and it will give you the things that you need to live in this life. You see, our God's not just a God that says, hey, I'm saving you, and check in with me when you get to heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm a God that lives in you now. I'm with you wherever you go. I will give you strength through the difficult times. I will be with you while you're in the storm. I might calm the storm. I might not calm the storm. And I might let it take its course. But trust me when I tell you this. I will be with you and you don't have to be afraid. We're in a storm. We hate it. We hate what Corona has done to us and COVID-19 has done to our nation. Not just the health issues, but the division, and the snarkiness. You know, don't, please don't misunderstand me here. Look, I, I have a personal opinion about what I want to do as far as protecting myself, but I surely have no issue with anybody else doing whatever they want to do on their end. But I wish everybody had that mindset and attitude. Be a nicer place. You know, there was a lot, of, a lot of fear that tried to overcome me and some of our leaders when all this first went down. What to do with our church. And, you know, the first deal is, I stand, we're not going to compromise. And then, you know, you don't know what you're fully dealing with here. And boy, it's a national thing and then a worldwide thing. And so, yeah, maybe we ought to not meet for a while. And, and you know... And then when it was time to reopen up, we, I heard, you know, John MacArthur, the pastor of Grace Community Church in California, and it's a big deal because they're a large church, but, uh, and John MacArthur is a national, you know, theologian and pastor and author, but, um, you know, California basically said, not only are you not to go to church, you can't have more than 25 people, but when you do go, you can't sing. The governor has said you can't do that. And Grace Community Church in California last week said, enough. Enough. We are going to meet. 
because you can't dictate to the church what we should be doing in that regard. And they met, and I'm sure that it was difficult for them. And someone said about John MacArthur that, you know, he's the bravest pastor in America. And I thought, well, heck, what about us, man? We, you know, Mother's Day, we were meeting. <laughs> Ain't nobody writing no stories about us. But in a way, I'm kind of glad because it gets a spotlight. It's not on us. Let it be on somebody else. And so fear comes into, into place. And what if you make the wrong decision as a leader, as a pastor? What if you put people in, in, in harm's way? What if a bunch of people get sick and people die because of your decision? And that's what the media tries to make you think, that if you do this and you do that, you know, that you're going to cause all kinds of people to die. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And so we have to mitigate that fear with the word of god with the truth of god and that's what i want to do during this i don't want to minimize the reality of what's going on <laughs> i mean we had a storm named and i saw a post by a local politician on monday of this week monday or tuesday and it said this i know you think it's not coming here but you better be ready and possibly evacuate and i'm like you know you ought to be put in jail for causing people to fear unnecessarily Amen. now i'm saying don't get me wrong but from the very beginning, this hurricane was not supposed to be a big deal. It's a, it's, it's a big deal to people who, who are in it. But you know what? Not every hurricane is a killer. Where's our common sense? Fear. They're invested in fear, fear, fear. A twig goes by, and Jim Cantori thinks the whole world is coming to an end. There's flying debris everywhere, and people are walking behind them laughing. <laughs> Look at that idiot on television. Don't let fear. No. I'll tell you. You got a major category four or five hurricane coming. Ask the people in Hurricane Michael who stayed if they wish they would have evacuated. Sure, they would have evacuated, but it's called a Hurricane a category five, of course, when everybody went to bed that night, it was category two before it hit the panhandle. And then it turned into a five overnight. So, um, yeah, big deal. But there will always be things in this life to cause us fear. And we have to choose who we're we serving and what are we going to do about it. I've chosen not to live my life hiding under a rock or under my desk, scared and fearful to do anything. Look, I end with this, okay? Let me get down here so I can make myself stop. Um, I've been a pastor for 30 plus years. I never stand in the pulpit on a Sunday or approach getting here on a Sunday thinking piece of cake I got this no problem there's always a little bit of 
anxiety, a little bit of nervousness. I think it's good because it keeps you on your toes. It, it, it makes you accountable to God. You know, as the week goes on, I get a little tighter as we get toward the weekend. I know some of y'all get looser as you get toward the weekend. You get to relax and enjoy the weekend. Well, Sunday's coming for me. And I know I've got to be ready with a message. And it, it just my life is just a little different. That's just what God's called me to do. Okay? And if I don't watch it, I can be paralyzed by, by my own fear. See, because on any given Sunday, somebody can say that the sermon was too long. Probably on just about every Sunday. And there would be some truth to that. Not that it was too long, but that it was long. Somebody can say, well, you chased too many rabbits. Yeah, but when you catch that rabbit, you kill them and eat it and put it in a pot, and they're pretty good to eat. I can listen to the fear that says, you know, you're not as good as Charles Stanley. You're not as good as so-and-so. You're not as good as this one or that one. Okay. I can listen to all those fears, or I can just get up and go do what God's called me to do in spite of it. And that's what you and I have to do. In spite of it. Let's conquer our fears. Let's do it together. Let's stand, everybody. So, as we bow in an attitude of prayer, let me ask you this. For those of you maybe who have not truly surrendered your life, I'm not talking about religion, I'm not talking about going to church, I'm talking about you've never really surrendered your life, like AJ, like Corey, Heron, who those two were baptized today. Whatever fears they had about it, whatever concerns they had, they made a decision and they said, I'm all in. I'm all in with Jesus. I'm going, I'm making my commitment to Him. Doesn't matter. What about you? You want to do that today? Just right where you are, just call upon him. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I need you. I'm willing to give my life to you right now. I want you as my Savior. I'm tired of living my way and trying to fix it without turning to you for help. And I'm turning to you for my eternal help right now. I give you my life. I turn from my sin. I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you lived, died, and rose again from the dead. And I'm putting my faith and trust in you right now. And God, I need your help. And you call upon him and use your own words. God hears the words of your heart. And he knows the sincerity of your cry. And I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer in just a moment. When we begin to sing, come, come, come talk to me. Come tell me that you did. And I'll help you the rest of the way on what to do. The altar will be open for those of you who want to pray. Maybe there's something that you are really struggling with when it comes to fear. You're standing on top of that pole. Just ask the youth about that. They'll tell you. Well, you're standing on a pole and there's only one way off of it. 
and you have to cast all your care upon Jesus. That's it. Or you can stay there scared like a cat. So, Father, we thank you. We're grateful. Help us to be free of our fear today. And I pray it in Jesus' name.